Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Hello and welcome to the China Shop. I'm shopkeeper Discount Dan and with me as always is Sarah, founder of financialandaptitude.com. So, how are you doing today, Sarah? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well. Thanks. A crazy week in the markets, wasn't it? <laughs> I feel like it was red candles. Oh, it was just, it's been insane. And, you know, like just having my, being the new um, CEO of Financial Aptitude is really uh, great as well. So, had a good trading week, my new role. Happy to be here with you. Yeah, definitely. So, was that your? Uh, is it your fault then? Because you've just, you know, recently come into the as the CEO and you've basically crashed the whole market. Is that is that what you're telling us? Yeah, pretty much. It's me doing most of this. Um, you know, and just uh, I- I'm making money. I mean, I don't know about you, but I am. <laughs> no, I uh, screwed up. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm losing it all. But uh, anyway, so everyone, <laughs> come on into the shop with us today as we sit back, relax, and hedge against the rage machine. Uh, so welcome to any new listeners just joining us. We're here to smash our way through a complete set of fine china, share our ever-growing strategies for trying to maximize gains and cut your losses. And if you're new to the, to the shop and stock trading in general, you can always check out our knowledge and resource centers, uh, which I think Sarah has just recently updated on financialinaptitude.com. Uh, what did you add to the to the website, Sarah? Uh, I delegated all that. Oh, okay. You de- who did you delegate it to? <laughs> Uh, you <laughs> to me. <laughs> All right, well, well, if you see um, if you see anything that I've made, don't listen to it. <laughs> you don't want to. You don't want to do what I'm I'm doing at the moment. But uh, so anyway, or you can give one of our many beginner trading episodes a listen. Uh, we'll have all those links in the episode description. But the best place to be is our Discord server. Uh, where myself, Sarah, uh, get on there every day and it's just a really awesome place to be. It's a free Discord server and there aren't any paid tiers or special access areas because fuck that shite. Uh, so when you do join the server, send us a private message or email with your mailing address and we'll send you some smash it yourself swag straight from the shop, uh, straight from the UK. So we're really glad you're here. We have a, <laughs> have a lot of fun and it's always better with friends. Uh, so Sarah, do you have any show news at all? Well, we did have our first no call, no show this week. It was uh, Flint Jameson who listened to the show and decided that this wasn't for him, which is why I'm here this week and have taken over. Yeah, we made an executive decision <laughs> to. Uh, yes, I, I mean, I had to step in and save the day. And then yeah. next Wednesday, we have Bruce Loy, CEO of Esoterica Capital, followed by. Joe Siscalia, founder and CEO of Dream Exchange, then Gordon Stein, author of Cashflow Cookbook. 
If anyone wants to submit questions for any upcoming guests or be a guest, we have a channel in our Discord dedicated to that. Yeah. And uh, just, just because of the, uh, you know, obviously there's no show because, uh, you know, of some previous episodes, unfortunately, we can't speak about what's happened and why there may be uh, <laughs> some people who aren't actually on this episode at the moment. So we can't speak about that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah. Uh, Joe Sasala, I've actually interviewed him. He's really interesting. He's sort of creating his own uh, exchange, which looking at private markets. So like sort of giving people access to private markets where they can trade stocks and invest in sort of these early startups. Because he's saying, um, you know, in the past, normally these companies would list quite early on and they'd as a way to sort of raise money. And then from there, investors get in. But now because there's so much private equity and venture capital, it's almost impossible to invest in a company before it's worth 30 or 40 billion. Right. So yeah, that should be quite interesting. Oh, definitely. No, we got it. We have a really good lineup here uh, coming up courtesy of me. And, um, you know, stay tuned for this. Going to be doing some big things. Yeah, exactly. Lots of changes. Uh, you know, as we said, because of the no show, we really decided to <laughs> change it up a little bit. Oh, yeah. How's it going, Dan? You about ready to. Wait, what the, what the hell's going on here? How, how did you guys yeah. get in? I thought we blocked you. How are you in this? <laughs> you fucking kidding me. Did we not change a link? Oh, Sarah, didn't you change a link? Every goddamn time we have a guest, they think that they're taking over this place. This is ridiculous. I'm gone for seven days, yeah. and this is what I come back to? They replaced me, too. Thought, oh, Kyle, stop giving out Island. keys, man. <laughs> Who voted for this? Aren't we like the... the don't we the majority stakeholders of this company? There's no democracy. There's no democracy. Oh, my God. I may have lost my shares in a poker game. Uh, oh, uh, sorry. Oh, is that how you paid for the Ireland trip? That's how I paid for Ireland. <laughs> oh, my God. That's pretty uh, pretty good of you guys, though, uh, setting up the... Like, how'd you even get the Zencaster link? Oh, we... Uh, yeah, we've basically taken over everything. <laughs> have our ways jesus christ i know maybe we should step down but apparently because they're more competent than us kyle <laughs> the administrators <laughs> you guys go ahead and finish this off we'll just uh sit back hey you know what you had flint jameson's blessing yeah so. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we got this link yeah it's a takeover. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. You guys need to get the fuck out of here so we can finish our show. Yeah. Unless you really want to stick around. Maybe we'll we can You think I want to listen to you guys for an hour? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you want to stick around, you can uh, you can tell Dan about how your bet did. I don't know what's going on here. But... <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll what, do you, what do you bet on? You guys do it. I'm delegating the show duties to you two this time. All right. We have got a humorless, humdrum, hurried episode for you today. Lots of market moving news, plenty of stocks on the radar, and more options than an Australian searching for a swear word. Take that, Anthony. Uh, on a serious note, thank you guys so much for filling in for, for yeah. Ben while he was gone. It was a lot of fun chat with y'all. Yeah, oh, yeah. No yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved your episodes. You guys are so great. Yeah. And hopefully, with now that we got you two introduced, maybe you guys can get something going together, too. What, like our own go. podcast? Well, Anthony does his own. Oh, really? Yeah, we have to, yeah. Yeah, you have to come on, Sarah. Oh, okay. Well, add me. Um, I don't... Oh, are you on... You know what? I need to join your Discord server. Are you on there, Anthony? I'll send you an invite right now. Okay, perfect. And yeah, let's chat. You can slide into my DMs. I give you permission. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Oh. 
Oh, sounds good. <laughs> Today's episode, Finding Love in the Financial World. Right? <laughs> matchmaker, matchmaker. Matchmaking dating show. Often dating show. <laughs> Didn't you just post the story uh, this week, Dan, about the the gay Tinder app getting a uh, getting a public mm. or IPO? Oh, I mean, we'll get around oh, to yeah. it, but yeah, Grinders going public with a spack. <laughs> that sounds that oh, sounds geez. like a movie. That sounds filthy. <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to stick around for a bit, or uh, you got other stuff going on? I have to head out to a birthday. Um, otherwise, I so would, but uh, we'll figure something out in the future. Well, I'd like to start bringing guests in uh, just for some of the different segments so we can get some different takes on some of the news stories that are beyond our comprehension. <laughs> so you know all of them. I was going to say. <laughs> so there's something, that, there's something big that happens and you want to be able to talk about it, just uh, shoot me a message. Right. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Sarah. Right. Thank you, Sarah. You're the best. Yeah, no problem. Now that she's gone, Anthony, you're the best. <laughs> wait, till the, wait till the person leaves the room. Oh, shit. Yeah, she's still here. On, uh, <laughs> All right. I'm leaving the sausage fest now. You have to concentrate on the sausage fest. <laughs> what else does she want? A nice, solid sausage fest. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, Sarah. All right, let's get back on track here. Reach out to us, folks at home. We love your messages and comments on Twitter and Facebook. Discord, uh, we got that link in the episode description. If you're old school, you can send us a, an email to twobulls at financialneptitude.com. That is the number two bulls. You can also, you know, we've got a phone line available. You can hit us up at 725-22-PULLS. Maybe you got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade you just made. Or maybe you work for a big magazine and they've flown you halfway around the world and you're stuck in the outback with some crazy leather clad guy with a giant knife. It doesn't matter. We just love it when you reach out. He was so leathery. Boxing kangaroos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, the leather didn't stop at his jacket. It just keeps going all the way up his face. It's sad because it's true. <laughs> uh, we just love it when you reach out. We just love it. And uh, you know what, you know what I, I'm not loving lately, though, is uh, talking about these bet results. Um, you still haven't given me any consequences yet, too. So I'm I'm ordering on Amazon a uh, a, a paddle for your wife to to give you twenty spankings right now. Uh, I mean, like, is this supposed to be punishment? Shit! Um, <laughs> <laughs> Can we just use the paddle we already have and save you some money? Yeah. <laughs> Damn it! You're right. I uh, and and I'm th- I, I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to tell you to when Anthony asked me like a one thing that I did not really want to do, like the one thing that would be like my worst nightmare, it was to like mow my own grass, but I ended up having to do that anyway. So, so that <laughs> really? one's off the table. That's your worst nightmare, <laughs> like above like spiders or like sharks or anything, mowing your lawn. Fucking hate mowing grass. You want me to, I'll just uh, hit the bet results for you, Dan. I appreciate it. Since it was a little convoluted. I actually get to go first too. So, uh, Sarah bought you three tickets to a sinking ship. Uh, that is Ark K. (laughs) Oh my God. It opened at 4412, which was below her first entry and 12 cents above her second entry, third entry at 4360, which was hit immediately after opening. And then on Tuesday hit her stop at 40, which is a shame because I think it actually finished kind of strong. Still, uh, that brings your total down from 500 to 455.51. Oh, God. Almost 10%. 
Almost ten percent. Okay. All right. Th- thank you, Sarah. <laughs> Under new management. Under new management. <laughs> uh, OLN was some ammo manufacturer that I saw a story pop up from on uh, the Motley Fool, uh, telling everybody how to great buy it was. So I decided to short it. Uh, it opened the week at sixty two twenty four. Hit my take profit at fifty nine before finishing the week pretty close to where it started. Actually, nice little pop on Friday. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wasn't last episode? Weren't you filling in for me, and Sarah was filling in for you? Oh God, damn it! So wouldn't that mean <laughs> you lost money and I made money? Podception right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm just trying to figure out the rules here, you know, consistency and whatnot. Uh, you have a valid point. Maybe a listener poll on the Discord. Yeah, it was the last time we did a good poll. All right, yeah. <laughs> we'll let the listeners sort that one out. Uh, if I my total is allowed to stand, I'm sitting at $530.53. <laughs> and that son of a bitch random tried to short Dan, <laughs> which opened the week at 1504 and closed at 1526. So that drops random down to 533.96. That's what you get, random. Yeah, and I'm never short, Dan. No, no, no. <laughs> Fuck. So I might have just, I might have just lost everything that I won this week. That's like my first good pick in like a month. <laughs> you asshole. Uh, anyway, all right, we're starting to ramble a bit here. Yeah. Should we move on? And talk about some news. Yeah, let's talk about some news. Dow drops deep on moving inflation, COVID frustration, war damnation. We're just bringing you the fucking news. You gotta recognize the game if you don't wanna lose. We're just skipping to bulls trading information. Rioters raiding, insider trading, taxes are raising, bills on the hill. We got a crypto mill. No, they ain't growing weed. When the Fed speaks today, it's some shit we don't need. Sing it, Dan. Two bulls trading information. What? Two bulls trading information. I'm inclined to agree. Two bulls trading information. That is accurate. Very accurate. What information? True. What? <laughs> I think I did the P. Diddy part pretty well. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> When's the album release? That's my real question. Right. <laughs> I need more. I'm like... <laughs> all right. I think the first thing we got to talk about is CPI, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Big deal. We were all hoping that CPI was going to save the market. It seemed like everything that happened the week before like, was just kind of hinging on this. Uh, and CPI really disappointed, unfortunately. <laughs> It did not go down. It is still it's still over 8%. I think uh, we rose at 8.3%. It actually slowed from the 85 in March, but it's still, it's still rising at a ridiculous pace. And it was well above the uh, 8.1% pace expected. Did you guys think it was going to slow down and like go below though? I, I thought a lot of people have been betting or thinking that uh, we had already peaked. And there's still some talk of people thinking that we've hit our our peak, but that the um, the path back down to normal inflation levels is going to be long and grindy. Yeah, I think it was concerning that like a lot of it was services, like I think air, air flights and a few other things as well were actually the main things that went up, rather than you know before it was sort of more like food and energy and actual products. Airplane tickets, like, is that uh, part of the core inflation? Because I thought I thought CPI like was like basically all like the main like staples that 
you have to buy or it, did I understand that wrong? So there's two, there's sort of CPI and CPI core. I'm just trying to think. Oh, okay. Okay. So they're both CPI, just one CPI core. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, I think that's actually because obviously, um, God, I've got, I'm confused now. It's too, it's too late for this over now. <laughs> <laughs> what is CPI? <laughs> what does it stand for? Does anybody know? Consumer, Consumer price, price index. index. Oh, okay. I guess everyone but me knows. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the markets did not react well to to that CPI number coming out. It dropped pretty heavy on Wednesday after that. I, I, it kind of bounced up initially at first, but uh, it was very short-lived. Uh, Randy Frederick, the Managing Director of Tradings and Derivatives at Schwab Center for Financial Research, uh, he thinks that, uh, what did he say? He said that we know the Fed's hiking cycle has begun, um, but added that it's difficult to have a feeling that we're at a market bottom with the size of future rake heights and their ending points still a moving target. Yeah, I don't know if you heard, like uh, Powell recently said, like the market's going to experience pain. <laughs> I don't know if you- When did he did, say did that? You see that? Literally today, it's like the market's going, I'll get the exact quote. No, I did not see that. And the markets are up today? Yeah, he said, uh, warns that taming US inflation will cause some pain. <laughs> you know, that, that's kind of interesting because I think with the rate hikes, the with, what the Fed did last week, uh, it almost seemed like there was some people who thought that the Fed wasn't being aggressive enough and that's why some of the sell-off was happening. Right. So, could it be that now they're thinking that he's going to really buckle down and tackle this with a little more vigor than he's been doing so far? I, I, I don't think so. I think it's more just that, you know, today's just been a rally like a Things can't go down forever. Just a normal bear rally. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, uh, what is it? What do they call it? Like a dead cat bounce almost. <laughs> just in terms, I can't remember. But yeah, just in terms of the, you know, at the end of the day, you, you get ups and downs. So right. uh, it's been so aggressive the past few days since CPI that it sort of just had a bit of a relief rally f- for now. But I'm not sure about you guys, but I'm not too confident it's going to last for the long term. I think, you know, we could still, especially with the more speculative assets, we could see quite a lot more downside what do you think i think you're probably right i mean if you think about what we when you were on we talked about what was what you thought was contributing to these high inflation numbers and that being a lot of the supply chain issues nothing has happened to really make that better and if anything with what china's doing with <laughs> more lockdowns that's going to get worse yeah definitely and, and i think one thing as well as i mentioned before like it's actually going more into services which is quite concerning because you know if it's supply chains, once that's resolved, okay. But once it gets into the services, it's almost becomes ingrained. Mm-hmm. So people expect prices to go up and, you know, that they pay for the prices. So it's a concerning aspect. And obviously once interest rates continue to go up, it'll, you know, it looks like they're going more down the demand destruction route. It's not as if they could, the only way they can really reduce prices is by reducing people's ability to buy things. So basically destroying the amount that they can spend. That's kind of, that kind of ties into the next story that really caught my eye was, Somebody, or as the people over at B of A, uh, after the recent jobs numbers, the, they were saying that they think that Powell is basically calling for corporate America to institute a hiring freeze and end this cycle of paying more for new hires. What? Yes. I just posted the link in there so you guys could pull it up. Oh. <laughs> like, oh, yes, we don't want to pay. If Powell's telling us, we're not going to pay them more. Uh, he says that Chair uh, Powell mentioned the ratio several times at last Wednesday's press conference, uh, the ratio between job openings uh, versus unemployed workers and the core personal consumption expenditures price index, which measures inflation. Uh, Colas, uh, who said that job postings need to drop from 11.5 million to 8 million to get to normalcy. So the only way to get there would be some sort of freeze from companies. Mm. <laughs> Makes sense though, because then for them, if they want to grow, they need to get 
you know, more employees. And then from there, if they want to get the best, you know, people, they're going to have to pay more for it. Like, why does having less job openings, how is that supposed to make, that's supposed to make things better? <laughs> look, it's going to make his numbers on paper look better, right? <laughs> That's yeah. the important thing. What did, uh, this freezes typically happen when C-suits and boards decide that business conditions have become uncertain. Fed doesn't have a seat at those discussions, but does have the blunt force tool of rate policy and its effect on stock prices. Chair Powell has made it clear that he wants to see openings decline. The big question is by how much and whether it'll be enough to whip out the R word. Mm. Uh, Harris wrote that if strength stays above the 200,000 openings per month pace we've seen, the Fed will need to push job growth down about 25K per month. But if the labor force is slowed to a more trend like 100K, then they will need to push job growth to negative 70K. That is, they would need to trigger a mild recession. Wow. <laughs> what? <laughs> it doesn't like, one thing I think I heard him say is that there's 1.8 job openings for every one person who's unemployed <clears throat> and, and looking for a job. I think the main thing as well is a lot of people have, mm-hmm. during COVID, they just retired early or, you know, they're not actually entering the, right. ma- the workplace a- at all because maybe they're making money online or through other avenues. So I think, I think that's sort of what, what's happening. And, you know, I guess as the baby boomers start to retire, there's going to be more people, you know, there's going to be less workers that can actually do the jobs that have, were already there, if that makes sense. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's been, that's yeah. been a struggle for a while. I mean, the, before I left the steel industry, like trying to find, young people getting into those types of skill trades was damn near impossible. Uh, like you, you, you can see the aging workforces at every place I've worked at. Like you just know that there's going to be a lot of pain coming here really soon. Yeah, definitely. And I think as well, it's not just those like high skill jobs. It's also the, I guess you could say less skilled jobs that uh, might be minimum wage. A lot of people, they don't want to, either they don't want to work them, which I don't blame them because they're pretty shitty or <laughs> the actual jobs or, right. you know, that there's, because there's so much demand, they can go somewhere else and get a better job. How many of those older people take those, those minimum wage jobs just to have something to do? Yeah. Yeah. Part time, I guess. And then you have, you know, a, a big event like COVID happen, and then maybe now they've decided that, you know, fuck that. It's not worth, it's not worth pushing carts at Walmart for you know $10 an hour or whatever. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't, I don't know what you were saying. Well, uh, the guy from bank of America just doesn't make any sense. It, it doesn't. I put the link in the, <laughs> the description if you want to read through it and see if I was missing something in this. It's crazy to me too. Cause we know when COVID was going on and they just printed checks Everybody went out, spent money, and it was great for the economy. So, like, paying people more, I feel like, is good for the economy. Like, the more poor people have money to spend, the better businesses will do. Yeah, as long as they're spending it, right? Like, I thought that was the whole thing that makes the economy chug along, was people having faith in it and buying shit. Once people, more people have more money, they're all going after, like, a finite amount of resources. So, what that does is actually increases the prices of those resources, oh. which actually prices, like, you know, as it prices those people out of it. And then that way, you know, it almost increases the wealth divide that the country is currently experiencing, which is a concern. So, yeah. So if you make everybody a millionaire, then a millionaire means nothing. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's probably, if you look at what the Fed's been doing over the past 10 years, that was all, um, you know, monetary policy, but then the government came in and gave people's checks, which is fiscal policy, actually putting money into people's pockets rather than, you know, providing liquidity for banks. And that's mm. really what's increased this massive demand and probably pushed inflation as well. Mm. Um, <clears throat> Cause it's interesting. I talked to someone recently from the Wall Street Journal and he was saying uh, that they actually, the Fed actually changed their strategy of how they deal with inflation. So beforehand, if they got to 2%, then they'd start tightening, but, mm. then, but then they were going to implement it in 2020 and then they uh, like 
April 2020, but they postponed it to like uh, August or something. And then from there, they actually said, oh, well, you know, it's about 2%. So it can go to like 25 2.6%, inflation, and that's fine for us. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you guys, but what I think is they were just too slow. Yep. Like if they started like a year ago, just with like a 25 basis points increase in interest rates, it wouldn't, you know, it was a really hot economy. It wouldn't destroy the economy, but it would have just put a bit of a slowdown on everything that was happening. Right. And, you know, they could still be in the same position they are today, just not in two months. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. And then now you've got a weak economy and that now you're trying to raise rates aggressively and that that, that combination just doesn't really work. That's it. It's almost like at the peak, isn't it? It feels right. like we're like at the peak of what the economy could do. And as you said, they're raising into that. <laughs> so aggressively too. Yeah, very aggressive. The, the fastest ever, I'm pretty sure. Like mm-hmm. we've never seen a faster increase, which I think is the the, the other thing as well, because it's so fast. People are trying to risk off as much as they can, you know, getting out of the, you know, Bitcoin and other speculative assets, which is increasing this massive price drop we've seen recently. So fun times. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dan, you got you got anything you want to uh, discuss? Kind of along along the same lines. The recession, nobody's talking about. Yeah, uh, no, don't say that word. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> the, the progressive unwinding of our economy into a lower freefall state. Well, actually, I've, I've heard the D word recently. We, oh, what? Yeah. Well, like technically, if it's like four month, uh, four quarters of yeah. A shrinking economy. So yeah, that's what I've been. People have been touting that potentially. I found I found a story on Forbes talking about the ADP report, the data processing for small business employment being way worse than the headline number of like plus four hundred twenty eight k jobs. If you take out their adjusting numbers that they put in to adjust, then we didn't actually add nearly as many. And in fact, small business employee employment payrolls have been shrinking still. Hmm. So the household survey that they did showed net employment actually contracting 353,000 jobs in April. Really? Yeah. And now the household survey is more volatile than the pay- payroll survey. But since since small businesses are such a big part of the economy, uh, they tend to react faster mm-hmm. to uh, uh, the conditions than a larger business that can, you know, obviously, if you have more resources, you can weather a bigger storm. Maybe they bank with B of A. <laughs> <laughs> no more loans until you cut your payroll. <laughs> Well, maybe uh, do you know if that's seasonally adjusted or? The, yeah, the, I believe it, I believe that was the number that they were taking out. Like, if you take out the seasonal adjustment number, oh, okay. they add the other crazy thing that the article pointed out that I wanted to talk about was uh, economist David Rosenberg. To quote him, employment at the employment services sector has declined by ten thousand jobs. <laughs> what do you think it means for the job market outlook when the headhunters start chopping their own heads? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've heard like Amazon. I don't know if you've heard that. They're saying like, oh, we've, we overemployed. Like we, we hired too many people for the demand. And even like, whoops. Yeah. I think Netflix and other companies as well. Uh, Peloton obviously fired, uh, got rid of some people recently. They're all realizing like, oh, we thought this growth was going to last forever. <laughs> it hasn't. So we have to cut back. <laughs> Everyone thinks that, right? Nothing lasts forever. If only. <laughs> I know, right? That's why I think you. I think you. I saw uh, on Twitter something about Netflix having 
to tell their employees to spend their uh, spend the company cash wisely. <laughs> Always a good sign. Uh, <laughs> they can't just throw like ridiculous money at these horrible shows. They met. Well, wasn't it like three hundred million for like Red Notice with The Rock. What uh, have you guys seen that? <laughs> no, why is it a good it one? It just it's uh, The Rock, Ben Affleck, and uh, oh, Ben Affleck. Lady. He makes some great movies. No, 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 no. Uh, uh, Ryan Reynolds, The Rock, oh. Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot. I actually liked the movie. It was good, but do you think it was like three hundred? Like it, it wasn't amazing, was it? It was just like, a, did they get their money's worth? I mean, that's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, and I think it all, it all goes to the, like a hundred or hundred fifty million of that goes to the actors. So it just doesn't seem like they're very smart with their money. They're making the best deals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're like so desperate to get like get people to do their stuff and to get the best stars that they've just ridiculously overinflated. Oh, speaking of getting slapped in the face, well, I thought that would segue into your live read. Speaking of somebody who really knows how to slap a guy in the face. Actually, we got Anthony here. I think he did a fantastic job about this the last oh, time. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah uh, did she complain? Did she, uh, she hasn't, she hasn't taken away the sponsor. No, I always want to know if we can use it for forever. <laughs> can we, can we reuse it? <laughs> the, the one thing we get paid for and I can't do it anymore. I, I see where we're headed. Yeah. All right. Short Dan after all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Before it gets to zero folks. <laughs> Uh, so, Two Bulls in the China Shop is proudly brought to you by Sue Pullen at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender. Sue Pullen is a certified mortgage advisor who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. Mm-hmm. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners, uh, whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, which we made fun of last time. So, I'm not going <laughs> to mention that again. <laughs> do not do that. No. <laughs> what is it? Can you? Do you guys know what a reverse mortgage is? My phone is ringing right now. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a way for when you hit sixty-two uh, retirement age, like for you to be uh, able to pull equity out of your house and continue living there without having to make a mortgage payment anymore. It's smart. I would potentially do that if I had a house. Uh, it used to be kind of predatory, but they made a lot of different changes to the laws to where it's uh, a lot more. Like Sue's really, she's ready to get one as soon as she hits the the magical age. Yeah, yeah. So if she wants what, then that's good enough for me. <laughs> yeah, right. definitely. Well, I think it's the thing. If you if you even though your house has gone up by so much, if you want to sell and get something similar, it's going to be the same price. So, mm-hmm. but you get to it, it just lets you keep living there and and yeah, and opens up a line of credit for half the basically half the equity of what your house is worth. Oh, mate, you should uh, you should join Sue. You're <laughs> Good salesman, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> There's more to it, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> but sign up below, nah. Uh, so she's licensed in 27 states. So reach out and see what Sue can do for you. The best way to reach her is just to give her a call at five two zero nine seven 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 nine zero four, or in an email spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has MLS number two two eight nine. Sue Pullen has MLS number two zero six zero four eight. That email again is spullen at fairwaymc.com, and that number is f. Sorry, five two zero nine seven 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 nine zero four. Ah, oh, I was trying to do like you know on the radio where they like speed up the ads really quickly. Oh, do you guys have that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the legal stuff. That's what I was trying to do. But <laughs> you know, Dan can edit that and just speed it up. Oh yeah, <laughs> just do it. <laughs> just turn the recording speed no, up. No, 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 no. Keep trying to talk as fast as you can until we get it. We'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. Trade Pro. 
Two Bulls is proud to be affiliated with Trade Pro Academy. Trade Pro Academy is the educational platform that offers institutional trader development programs to new and experienced independent traders. Translation, you can learn to trade like those big institutions. They have a great staff of highly knowledgeable and successful traders uh, that try to take over the show. And there's no better place that we've found to learn everything you need to know to be a successful trader. Find them online at tradeprocademy.com or you can just use our affiliate link in the episode description as it's a great way to support the show and improve your own knowledge and skills. If you join that Discord, we do have links for 10% discount code. Just don't tell George. Oh, and in addition to all of those wonderful people, we'd also like to give a shout out to the awesome Flary and Leo from Orderflow Labs, who were kind enough to share their toolkit for trading futures on Sierra Charts and NinjaTrader. They have some amazing custom studies for structure, execution, everything. Uh, it's like having a senior trader look over your shoulder, as Kyle likes to call it. Ha! No, you don't get no. to say it. <laughs> uh, they got buy sell zones, exhaustion absorption detectors, reconstructed tape. They got something for everybody. Constantly testing and you and presenting how to best use them. Uh, just to offer so much support to, to help you use those tools. So if you are trading futures on Sierra Charts or Ninja Trader, give them a give them a look. Uh, check them out at orderflowlabs.com. Uh, I'm waiting for the study that gives me a grade on my trades. Or that locks my account when I do something stupid. <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you? There's no level here. <laughs> There's nothing on the DOM that supports you, this. You, you fool. You foolish fool. We're just going to save you from yourself. Can you decide like what it says? Like it's like aggressive or just like calm and I know, feedback. Right? Yeah. Like it's like, you idiot. <laughs> All right. Should we move on and talk about some stock news? Talk about some stocks. Talk about stocks time. Looking for setups and still not advice. Big moves, fresh news, and earnings. All that we're saying is still not advice. Stop time. Take that, lawyers. All right. Uh, first thing I think we have to talk about is the ongoing Musk Twitter saga. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but uh, the deal is now on hold. <laughs> what? The reason why the deal is on hold is what is just, I don't understand the reasoning at all, actually. I guess Musk thought that there was a lot more spam and fake, fake accounts. Mm. I, think it's the other, I think it's the opposite. Oh, yeah. So, he thought there was less, but now there's more. Right now, the deal is on hold pending details supporting calculations that spam fake accounts do indeed represent less than 5% of the users. So I think they're just confirming that it represents less. Uh, I mean, it. Uh, it's, where was the actual? There's something in this article that said. If not, that'd be very weird. <laughs> yeah, because I think like he wants to go in there and save it. I guess right. Yes. And if there's yeah. not that many, not as many fake accounts as he thought, then how is he going to save it from something <laughs> that's not really a problem? <laughs> I'm not sure if that's why. Do you, Do you guys have any? Do you think there's anything else behind it? Any other ulterior motive? Maybe. Well, yeah, he wants to shut down that kid tweeting about his plane. That's <laughs> that, or get his buddy Trump back on. Well, didn't Trump say he wasn't going to go back on because he's got his own his own thing. failing? Yeah, <laughs> social media platform that he's never posted on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, if he doesn't go through with this deal, he's going to lose like a billion dollars. I think that's the pullout fee. Yeah. Um, We've looked at Twitter quite a few times. Uh, Twitter gapped down, which put us in a very interesting scenario where uh, on the news of the buyout, 
Twitter gapped up. And then on this news, it gapped back down. So now we have a sort of double gap sitting between like 40 and 45 that was partially filled today. It's pretty crazy. I think it's like a negotiation tool, I reckon. Because for him, if you look at the markets, what's happened is that basically crashed since then. He doesn't want to pay as much. No, and I think he's realized now because he was doing like a margin uh, loan on his actual Tesla shares. Now that I've gone down, there's more chance that he'd have to sell more of his Tesla shares, which he probably doesn't want to do. So <laughs> right, people are saying maybe $40 or $45 is more per share is more the price that he might like to take it. Would that be worth a billion dollar breakup fee if he uh, ch- if the board didn't agree with him? Yeah, well, I, I guess if you look at it, they probably wouldn't have a better, ch- no other better option. They haven't done very well. And what what's that? That's like, he's worth 300 billion or something, isn't he? So <laughs> maybe a bit less now, but. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's, it's like if you're worth 200,000, then you pay someone a thousand dollars basically drop in the bucket right yeah <laughs> uh, what's the street say the street views this deal as one likely falling apart two must negotiating a lower deal price or three must simply walking away from the deal with the one billion dollar breakup fee uh, many will view this as musk using this twitter filing spam accounts as a way to get out of the deal in this fastly changing market so yeah uh sounds like you're right on the money there you know, it, it could also be like the SEC yeah. called them up and they were like, you didn't disclose that second round of buying. Like, we're going to oh, screw right. you over. And like, this is his way out. Yeah. But I never bought it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the... Uh- so he's paying a billion dollars to to Twitter uh, for canceling the deal over a two hundred thousand dollar fine to the SEC for not disclosing. That's the thing. People, uh, I've been listening to people and they've calculated that because he didn't disclose, yeah. he probably made like close to right. two hundred million more because the price didn't go up. But the issue is that if you char- if you charge him like that much or like even like. Uh, you know, a few million, it's such a high precedent against anything else they've ever done for similar like infringements. So they can't really do that, can they, without getting sued to, <laughs> to crap. <laughs> and, and if he did actually have to sell a bunch of assets to, to fund that or to pay that bill, people would be screaming their heads off. Yeah, they do have, to be fair, he doesn't like them and they don't like him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I watch that now. I actually understand what it means. It's such a great show. <laughs> Yeah. What do you got for for stories? Anything catch your eye this week? We revealed it earlier. uh, Grinders going public in a $2.1 billion (laughs) SPAC. What's the SPAC company that's buying them? Taiga Acquisition Corp. It's a Singapore-based SPAC. It sounds like something Singapore would yeah. do. And, and Taiga. Ooh, the Taiga grinder. Looks like Tin V is the uh, the symbol. Yeah, T I N V dot N. So if you wanna if you wanna get in on that sweet grinder money. Uh it doesn't look like they've really moved much on that news. Right. And I we all remember that the day like a SPAC announces an acquisition and that's like a hundred percent gain in that next day or two. Minimum. Minimum, yeah. So that deal values grinder twenty seven times it's adjusted 2021 earnings before interest. So, uh, you know, 27 P and E seems, seems low these days, but <laughs> the market's changing that pretty quick lately. I mean, would that technically be considered a tech company? I think so. It's, a, it's right up there with match and bumble or under 30 PE ratio is not bad for tech, isn't it? Yeah. It's still, it's more than match got at its IPO. Uh, it's, Initial was 22 times Mm -hmm. and Bumble was 25. So Bumble sounds like a terrible name for a dating app, right? 
like bum- bumble your way through these dates. Look, grinder is not much better. Well, at least grinder you 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 advertising what you're looking for, right? Like I look for somebody to grind on. <laughs> yeah, it just sounds like like mm, I just want to. Yeah, just want to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> no false advertising there. Also, isn't grinder the one that has all the politicians on it? <laughs> Only, only the ones that are against gay marriage and okay. gay, gay sex. Allegedly. Allegedly. Well, you know, my, my rule of thumb is the more you talk about it, the more it's on your mind. Right. Is that what you found with your own experience? Should we not have spent five minutes Sorry. talking about it? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Yeah. Let's move yeah. on. All right, better move on. What else you got, Kyle? AMC is back in the headlines. Ooh. Uh, There's a few different things that popped up. I guess Citadel came in and kind of uh, said something on Twitter. I didn't see the actual tweet. We're basically poking at the the apes who immediately bought up a bunch of shares and spiked the price like 3 or $4. Uh, but uh, the CEO, Adam Aaron, had to get on and uh, ask people, ask the retail investors to back off of the social media posts, quote, laced with hostility and threats. Oh, Wow. This is the first time that he's publicly called out any problem with the fan run regime, as this article states. Yeah, I guess what AMC got below ten dollars and then back up to thirteen. Mm. Uh, he so badly really wants to be able to issue new shares to try to mm. <laughs> save, mm-hmm. you know, the balance sheet and convert some of that debt, and uh, uh, nobody's letting him do that. Well, I mean, what's, is he going to really reduce the debt, or is he going to buy another gold mine? Oh, it sounds like the gold mine is a pretty good investment. <laughs> oh, did you did you see like the intricacies of it? Uh, like the the main shareholder of the gold mine was a major investor in AMC. Oh, really? Yeah, it looks pretty dodgy. I think it's like oh, I can't remember the name. It started with an M, but yeah, it was like the Highcroft Mining. No, it's actually like the investors. But yeah, like they were a major shareholder in there, so it's almost like oh, you know, we we did you a favor by buying right. or helping you out with AMC. Can you buy our gold mine? Can you please buy us some new equipment so that way we can process this shit that's all sitting in a chemical wasteland right now? Yeah, literally that we, you know, we, we haven't produced any gold at all, but yeah, <laughs> please invest. <laughs> you can then uh, put it in your, all your theaters, all this gold. <laughs> gold, th- gold plated toilets in all AMCs. Back to the Victorian times, eh? <laughs> I'm not going to poke fun at anybody at the AMC price. So we'll just go ahead and skip that one. Yeah. Maybe move on to a couple stocks that we got on our radar. I don't think anyone's still holding AMCs. Uh, they, know- they, they know what they're doing. Yeah, you, you know who you are and what, why you're holding it. Mm-hmm. You know, one I've been watching this week is AMD. Oh, my old friend. Your, your I have a love friend. hate relationship with AMD. They they bottomed out what at like eighty three. Yeah, just just under eighty four on the twelfth on Wednesday, and since then they've climbed all the way back up to ninety five. So I got a pretty strong retest level there, and I mean that to me looks pretty similar to a double bottom right on a pretty strong support that i had right at that 84 to 83 area yeah i'm i'm watching this one i want to see it break that 99 100 area and retest yeah and pick up some calls i had a buy zone that I, that was the last trade i made on them when it dipped into that i bought it and then it immediately gapped below it <laughs> <laughs> so i will because. watch to see when it clears that zone this time rather than when it enters the zone uh it's still on a pretty steep downtrend so uh, until you see that trend line get broken it's it's kind of it's going to be risky taking longs on that but you get a nice break 
of some of these levels here. So put in some higher highs and see that with some good volume. Uh, yeah, I, li- I like this one for for some strength. If uh, if that 84 level breaks though and uh, fails to hold a support, if it comes back down into it again, then probably looking at you know below 75. Oh yeah, the next level below it I've got is 73. And a 70, if that 73 doesn't hold, there's Ooh. not much supporting it until it gets to 60, 59, 60. Mm, yeah, it's got a ways. <laughs> so this one's at a key point right here. But let it let it decide what it wants to do. Don't try to predict. That's the mistake I always make. The last one I wanted to look at was actually JP Morgan. Okay. JP Morgan. It on Thursday dropped down. I think it hit as low as 115. I had a really I had a strong support at 118. Uh when it was below that, it came up and retested. I think I added some puts at Pop back up above it, but then pushed right back down to it again. So it's still kind of hovering at that 118. I think it closed at 119.09. Uh, as long as this stays below 123, I'm going to keep my puts open. But it's got a, a gap to fill from back in November of 2020, from 110 down to 104. Wow. And this area that it's in right now just doesn't really have a whole lot of, I guess it's getting into the volume profile. It kind of fell through an area that was pretty weak as far as the volume. Recent volume since November, like there's not much below where it's at right now until it gets to that you know, below 105. So the only thing that I think might screw me up is if we get that bear rally, that relief rally that Anthony was mentioning uh, earlier to, in the episode. Yeah. Banks have been weird as well. Normally when interest rates go up, normally obviously banking stocks go up because they're making more money, but it's been a bit weird. It's not really gone that way recently. So, Well, uh, my thought was that when interest rates go up, because uh, I had talked to Sue on like, you know, business starts to slow down when these things happen. Like the interest rates for home mortgages right now are around like five and a quarter. Like who's going to be doing refinances and and that at this point, if they don't have to, like, I have a feeling that a lot of that lending stuff is going to dry up. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's the thing. But then the stuff they are doing, it's like almost double what they were getting, you know, a few months ago. So I guess that makes sense. Yeah. They'd be getting more return on their investment, but less of it. I guess where's that crossover point then, right? Yeah, depends on the demand and like the markets and see if housing can keep going the way it's going. <laughs> Probably not, but uh, yeah, I know, right? But how many people are locked into loans now at like sub three percent, sub four percent? If you didn't refinance, uh, we kind of might be shit out of luck for a while, right? But I guess it comes to the opportunity where if you know if in, if interest rates go high, then and you buy a house when they're high, and then interest rates start to go down, you can sort of refinance. Then that could be an option. So yeah, if interest rates start dropping again for some reason, then I might start buying more of these. So am I looking at that wrong then? Do you think that interest rates are generally better for banks? Interest rates rising, I mean? I think they are, but obviously a recession isn't good for anyone. So <laughs> it's probably... Uh, <laughs> are there any stocks that you're looking at, Anthony? Yeah, I'll, I'll actually go back to Shopify, which is the one that... Sorry, I, I almost uh, almost got you a good trade, Dan. Oh, it was so close. So fucking close. I was saying it's a story of my life. I always have these like, so I always get the direction right, but I'm always just too greedy on the, you know, on the position entry. on the, the entry. Yeah, exactly. But um, you know, I, if, if you, I was if I was on my game, I would have told you to just short it at the close right before they reported, so that way it didn't matter what the price was. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Right, but you're not looking to do me favors. No, I know. <laughs> Especially not if you I steal guess. my pick. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it's if you look at it, it sort of had a really good bounce off a um, to like a double bottom. So there's like a bottom in um, March 2020, and it's literally like bounced directly off that position and flown up. But I think we might 
see some further downside with the market. So if you look at there's sort of a gap at about 440. Yep. So I can, you could almost like long into the gap and then short the gap. I, I'm thinking that could be sort of a potential trade. That's interesting. I think a lot of this stuff just depends on the, the sentiment in the market because it was, as we've seen today, mm-hmm. if things go up, basically everything, <laughs> everything goes up and things go down. Basically everything right. goes down and obviously higher beta has more, higher beta stocks have more of a reaction to this stuff. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But yeah, I'd say that if markets continue to go down, Shopify will be a company that probably struggles a bit. Should we move on to talk about some crypto? We don't have any earnings next week? Uh, the only one that I'm even watching is on the 18th, and that's Target. Okay. Oh, what a boomer. No. <laughs> <laughs> I want a short target on the, the options order flow and like the McClellan oscillator stuff that I watch, obviously. Oh yeah. The risk off is still looking really strong. The McClellan oscillator is still negative for the, the day, the week and the month. Oh no. Oh, sorry. The week mm-hmm. and the month are uh, flipped positive. Oh, so we, we could be seeing that bottom. Is that just from today that is turned positive? Yeah. Do, and we got our, do we finally get our 90% devol or up volume? Up, up volume? Yes. Yes, we did. We got a 90% up volume today, today. So signs are saying we could have found the bottom. Uh, the options flow is green on everything across the board. All the sectors have a positive, a bullish, bullish change shift. Um, I should probably explain the up volume thing. Uh, so every major low for like the last, like, I don't know how many years, like a lot of them, the turning points are usually defined. It's not exact, but usually defined by seeing a 90% down volume followed by 90% up volume or, or multiple days of 80%. 380s will get you a 90. So we've been seeing a lot of 80 to 90% down volume on this latest uh, uh, stab downward. So getting that 90% up volume today is uh, could be marking uh, the, the turning point for a bit of a bear rally. Uh, I'll post a link to the, the study in the episode description. So if anybody's interested in learning more about it, uh, they can find it there. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's talk about some crypto then. Did you guys see what happened with Luna? Is that the big story? Uh, no, but you can please lead off with it. I, w- I want to hear about Luna. Yes. Oh, wow. Uh, yes, yeah, so Luna and UST. So, uh, UST is like a stable coin on the Luna. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, it's sort of on the Luna uh, blockchain. And what they did is rather than having anything to back the UST, they were sort of try- saying it was an algorithm. So, basically, what they do is they'd like reduce the supply of UST or increase the supply of Luna to sort of try and balance it out. Um, and yeah, and that didn't work. It like massively crashed and it was worth, I think it was 80 billion or something. Or <laughs> It was worth a ridiculous amount. It was, and Luna was in the top 10 cryptos and it basically crashed by 95% in a day. Uh, and now it's worthless. Holy yeah. Shit. So um, it was pretty, I was actually talking to a friend and he had like a couple of thousand dollars in and he hadn't heard of it. And I was like, yeah, it's actually like gone to zero <laughs> in oh. one day. And he's like, what? <laughs> 
<laughs> no, yeah, no idea. He's like more of a passive play for him. But um, so yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to <laughs> be the bearer of bad news. Oh, yeah, and like Janet Yellen mentioned it as like a because it's basically was meant to be a stable coin, and it, a lot of people lost you know billions of dollars. So they're saying that's a a risk of stable coins and why they want to try and inc- increase more regulation on the space. So yeah, it's really not good for, <laughs> for the industry. And I think one thing they're saying is why Bitcoin's down, gone down so much is because they did have about $3 billion worth of Bitcoin and they basically tried to, they sold it all mm-hmm. to try and protect the peg, which didn't work. <laughs> right. Because there's so much pressure of people trying to get out of it. Crazy thing of the day, of, of this week. <laughs> so the, they don't hold any assets other than they just use an algorithm and affect the supply and demand and think that that's like what happens that nobody wants it i guess yeah, yeah exactly no, that, that was sort of the the risk and there was there were these rumors that blackrock and citadel were behind it and they actually crashed it but um i don't know if they've <laughs> they've been confirmed or not the rumors but that sounds like a twitter yeah theory. <laughs> but the guy um the founder of um cardano linked it but you know as you said it's probably more of a mm. twitter theory but uh but yeah so that was massive like close to 80 billion dollars worth of sort of a asset just disappeared in a day so you can almost say it's like the Jesus, largest that's crazy ponzi scheme of all time potentially <laughs> you mentioned the bitcoin too i think i saw a tweet pop up yeah was yesterday or thursday i think from market watch saying that if you invested a thousand dollars in bitcoin when the uh, uh matt damon fortune favors the bull commercial came out yeah it was worth like 485 dollars <laughs> really yeah thanks matt damon uh, did you see the commercial <laughs> yeah i keep saying like has anyone heard of uh, has anyone heard from matt damon is he okay <laughs> i know right <laughs> it's probably getting a lot of i mean south park made a whole episode about him. <laughs> oh, really <laughs> Yeah, everyone in the town yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't work. Did not work. Oh, Dan, you you posted something earlier in the uh, Discord about El Salvador too. You know, as we all know, they made Bitcoin legal currency there, and and I remember when we were talking about it, there were like pensioners and older retired people like picketing and marching because they were afraid right. of what would happen to the economy if Bitcoin tanked. And now Bitcoin is tanking and it looks like El Salvador may default on some debts. Oof. They, uh, they're looking to the, the International Monetary Fund to provide fan- financing to help the government meet its next foreign debt payment. In January 2023, the IMF has urged them to remove Bitcoin as legal currency, uh, <laughs> but they keep insisting that they're going to keep it. So not looking good in El Salvador. Their credit rating has been downgraded as a country, and, and which means they, you know, will have to pay higher interest to borrow to pay, pay their debt. It's, it's, yeah, it's just, it's just not looking good for them. I'm looking at the charts on it right now. There's some good up volume today, but it's still half the candles of the last two days. On Bitcoin, uh, you get a really nice long lay of Doji. Is it dip below twenty eight nine? Uh, but it's trading just a hair under thirty thousand right now. Uh, that should be a pretty good support. But and if you lose that, then twenty four hundred, twenty thousand. Yeah, I think a lot of people are saying like the twenty seven seven hundred wick was sort of like the the support, and now it's made a lower low. That there's you know people are concerned that it's just going to you know sort of the, the bull runs over and we might see a bear run potentially. Well, uh, if you really like crypto, that's just the opportunity to add. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> Coinbase would be another interesting thing as sort of the related to crypto. 
I don't know if you guys have seen that. Coinbase is like crashed quite a lot. Oh, yes. Uh, that was actually another story I had on here. I wasn't sure if we have time to get to it. Uh, Yellow Man shared this in our Discord about how there's no protection if Coinbase goes mm. bankrupt. Like if, if they go under, like you just lose everything you have with them. There's no FDIC insurance or anything. That's nice. Yeah, because they're, they're not securities, as you said. So basically, it, it, an administrator can use your money in Coinbase to pay for their debts. That's <laughs> basically it. <laughs> <laughs> that that makes a great case for for crypto and Coinbase. Uh, right when when Sarah picks Ark K with one of their biggest holdings being Coinbase. Damn! Remember when we were talking about rubles? Yeah. Sorry, I was just trying to do some research for a bet pick because it's coming up here, and I was saying we should have bought rubles when it crashed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you can even trade it. Like we should have bought rubles when it crashed. <laughs> oh god, that's <laughs> yeah. insane. I was thinking if it's still low, I'll buy rubles. If the U.S. dollar tanks, then rubles right, should get stronger. Right, as strong as my gun. <laughs> Draw, motherfucker. Oh, you got me. All right. Well, probably get through this a little quicker since we've got Anthony here just sitting around. Let's see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. week. <laughs> My good for this last week was the last six trading days uh, as I've been trying to sim futures with uh, more actual consequences and a goal. Even though uh, what's coming up with the bad and the ugly, I still end up finishing the last six trading days with 109 points to the positive. Hey. Good results, even though there's some ma- uh, major things that I just still need to work on that I'll get to in a minute. My my Tuesday was just everything I hoped it, I could be as a trader. Oh, I timed my entries mm-hmm. right. I was letting structure in the market tell me what to do. And it, it felt easy and emotionless. Like I wasn't jumping up and down happy with some big wins. Like I took a win. I took a right. walk, reflected, calmed myself down, went back in, took two more wins. It was just everything was on fire and and the way it should be and it, that's awesome it's it's yeah it's i can say honestly say it's like the first day i've had where everything was working as it as it should and as i wanted to been great man how do you how do you replicate <laughs> that now we'll get to that in the bad and the ugly what was your bad <laughs> <laughs> all right my bad was my thursday and friday futures trading uh on my sim account mm. kind of uh and I guess I'll just go ahead and start with the ugly because uh, Thursday and Fridays where it kind of got really bad. But I've been getting this tendency of digging a hole early to start the session before I end up tightening things up and then executing like I should be doing. It's almost like I got to get the bad shit out of my system so that way I can actually execute the good trades. And I guess it's still good that somehow I was able to still make decent amount even with that going on. But uh, that's still something that really is not good. And needs to be corrected like as soon as possible, especially before I go live. I can't be starting off with like, you know, 30 points in the hole and then working my way out of it after finally catching yeah. the right trade. My, my bad and ugly, it was it was the, the same thing. It was my, my Thursday was the opposite of my Tuesday. I was flat on Wednesday, but uh, uh, yeah, Thursday, I was trading emotionally. I was revenge trading. I wasn't following my risk management rules. I gave back uh, everything I made from the Tuesday, uh, plus a little. Like I just, mm. just completely fell apart and, and it's, it's on me. Like, I, I mean, I, I got to do a better job of it, but like early on, I even noticed like my, my head wasn't in it. My head was on like personal stuff and mm-hmm. and I kept drifting, but like I was being stubborn about it and just decided, uh, yeah, I'll lose, I'll lose more money than my risk manager allotted for the day. Yeah, no problem. I do that in one trade. Right. Watch me. <laughs> you think I can do it? Exactly. Exactly. Hold my beer. Finish things off with a bet. I think that's the way it goes. Gonna win it if I take it from you. 
filling my positions Quit your bitching, random's gonna lose Got a chart full of levels and a stop That's not too tight It's bet, pick a time in the shop So pick them right All right. All right. Well, um, I'll let you go first because I don't know who won. I don't know either yet. Um, I like what Anthony was saying. And since he did such a bang out job, I'm picking your bet. I think I'm going to steal his idea uh, and go. Uh, well, I guess it depends on where Shopify opens. So I would say if Shopify opens above 410, let's say, I will go long. If it opens below 410, I will go short. Okay. And where is my stops going to be? On the low side, we'll say... Oh, fuck. That's still 25%. I'll just say 10% on either side just to make it easy. Uh, take profit will be 500 on the upside, and on the downside, it'll be 310. That sounds good. Well, I would ask Anthony to make a bet pick for me, but you just stole his pick. <laughs> <laughs> so you have any other ideas? <laughs> no, I, I, I absolutely do. I'm going to go long on Tilray. Oh. T-L-R-Y. It's time to jump into pot. You know what? Uh, with the upval hitting 90% today, mm-hmm. and uh, it did bottom out, you know, watch looking at the uh, the combined pot stocks chart I got going. I do I do think that uh, that we we are seeing the moments of higher highs. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll put the stop at, I'm going to put the stop at $4.25. 425 stop loss at 410. Yeah, $4.10. Take profit. Uh, take take profit, half at five, the other half at 550. Uh, and then Anthony, you want to tell us what random picked? Yep, let me have a look. Sorry, I was looking at the charts. <laughs> BHF. BHF, Bright House Financial Incorporated. Good earnings. How does random pick such good fucking stocks? That looks like it may have bottomed out too. Had a really nice support mm-hmm. in the uh, 41 to 40 range. Bounced off it for what looks to be about the third or fourth time. Trying to enter another uh, volume distribution. It just got through a thin spot on Thursday up at just below 46. Uh, fucky random. <laughs> we can blame Anthony on random if it beats Ooh. us this month now, right? Okay. Yes. <laughs> Can and will. Can, can I decide on uh, what is it on forfeits then for both of you? Unfor- oh, <laughs> if, if random, random wins, wins, yeah, yeah, why not? I yeah. like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, challenge yes, accepted. of course. Just uh, if, if yeah. we be random, do we get to? <laughs> nah, nah, nah. <laughs> uh, nah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, no, no. I can go both. No. I can go one way. I, I, like, I like the asymmetric risk. Of <laughs> I know. <right? laughs> Only reward and no downside. It's, it's good risk best, reward profile you just set up there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Well, I think we we did it, Kyle. I think so. Anthony, you got anything you want to leave the listeners with? Anything big coming up that uh, they should be on the lookout for? Yeah, I guess I'm uh, interviewing a guy called Tom Nash next week. I think uh, who's quite into Palantir. Uh, and is quite well cool. known on, online. So, uh, <laughs> ask him what Palantir makes. <laughs> <laughs> Are you confused about it as well? I think everyone was. I thought they made security software, but nobody really, I guess, knows because it's security. You're right. No, I don't think they do. I think they, from what I understand, they sort of make software to make people's, um, like to make companies' uh, processes simpler. Oh. And, and just sort of like, 
as you know, working in companies, like there's so many different systems for so many different things. And I think their goal is to try and combine it all together to make it efficient. And so you can, mm-hmm. like they do a lot of for governments, like uh, for the military, but also for in the UK for like the uh, healthcare. Cause it's- yeah, and they've just got another one recently, just cause the government systems and yeah, they're just, so close like there's so much data and for them it's like almost impossible to use Uh, it for anything so it's like trying to create these systems that can actually use the data to i think they were saying reduce the wait time for people in hospitals and stuff like that so (laughs) i want to know when you talk to them if you can ask them if they have anything to do with skynet okay i'll ask them (laughs) (laughs) all right when's that episode coming up uh so this should be next wednesday midday eastern time all right Awesome. Everyone take a look at that. I will be watching for it. Yeah, definitely. If you want to know if uh, Skynet will take over the world. He's I, Russian yes, as well, so it'll be interesting. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks for sticking around to the end. We love you all so much. But uh, unfortunately, every episode has to come to a conclusion, and that's where we're at now. So special shout out. Thank you to Anthony and Sarah, both not only for filling in for me, but for joining us today. Uh, that has been a lot of fun. Thank yes. you again, Anthony. And thank you, Sarah. Um, <laughs> you guys better watch your backs. We're coming yeah. for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, folks. Happy trades. Goodbye. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks in the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.